Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. I'm your host, Jason Tardick, and this is a big week, guys. Monday, August 14th, it is National Financial Awareness Day. So a big week, of course, for Trading Secrets in which we cover finances, money, and career talk. But it's even a better week because we have Corey Wharton coming on the show. Now, if you know who Corey Wharton is, I could just stop right there. I mean, he is an MTV legend. He was actually one of the original roommates on Real World Explosion and since then has been on Teen Mom. He has been now on his 10th season of MTV The Challenge. He has done celebrity boxing matches. His resume is stacked in the reality TV world. And you're going to hear all about his journey. His journey is just so impressive. I mean, he was born in Michigan. You'll hear about some of the jobs and side hustles that he took on, which are, which are just fascinating, to save $10,000. He then, with a pipe dream and a goal of just trying to make it, as a Michigan guy, took a shot and moved to LA with just 10K. So if you kind of feel like you're lost as far as your career, or you're looking for more maybe purpose or passion or impact with what you do, you're going to take a lot away from what he did and how he did it, because every stripe and dollar that he's earned he had to go get, he had to chase. You're going to hear a whole lot of money talk here. The money behind MTV, the challenge, the money that he's made on MTV, the challenge, the money that he makes on Teen Mom, the money he makes on social media, the money he made in his side hustles. We talk all things. And earlier this year, unfortunately, Corey's daughter had a health scare, one that put her in the hospital requiring surgery. And his daughters are here with us on this episode, and they come on. And it's the first time we've ever had a guest son or daughter on the show. Actually, I'll take it back. Jill Zarin's daughter, Allie, did the show, but a child on the show. And it's so refreshing when I just ask him a couple questions. The answers. The answers of an optimistic kid and the perspective it could give us. When I just say, what do you want to do when you grow up? And you know, some people in today's world aren't so happy. What can we do to be happier? You're going to love the answer. So stay tuned for that. And at the end of the show, we do the recap and the Curious Canadian comes on and asks a little update going on in my life that was recorded just a couple days ago. So this is an episode you can't afford to miss. Corey, I learned personally so much from and I think you will too. Now, a couple things I want to talk about before we go into this episode. This week I have a little bit more in me than last week that I can give you some news and some updates and some tips and tricks. It's been it's been a tough week, but it's been you know, it's easier on the mic today than it was last Sunday and I thank all of you for your patience and hopefully positive sentiment. I have really stayed clear from my phone this last week and social media and I've been doing what typically I wouldn't have done in the past. I'm not shuffling things under the rug. I'm not numbing. I'm not burying. I'm just living. I'm just like really living in it right now. Um, I think these times of just distress and frustration and confusion are signals, they're indicators for times of growth. And, you know, it's these adversities and these changes that allow you to, I don't know, either numb and bury or take power and control in growing as an individual 
and trying to learn and changing and healing. And so that's what I've really been focused on this week. You'll hear a little bit more about that in the recap. Back to business. Okay. How much do you have in your 401k? And from Vanguard, these are the dollar amounts that they have aligned with how much people have in their 401k by age group. Under 25, $6,264. 25 to 34, $37,211. Ages 35 to 44, $97,020. Ages 45 to 54, $179,200. Ages 55 to 64, $256,244. Over 65, $279,997. So it gives you an indicator of where Americans are as it relates to saving in their 401k. Now, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal that came out today, Sunday, August 13th, saying few Americans manage to save anywhere near their sum in the 401k necessary to retire. A $5 million retirement nest egg puts you in the top 0.1% of households, according to an employee benefit research institute. How much American families have saved for retirement? 49.5% say zero. 8.9% of families have $1 to $999,000. 13.1% have $10,000 to $49,999. And 3.1% have a million to $4.9 million. And 0.1% have $5 million plus. And it's just a reminder. I think in general, we are going to do a retirement-specific episode, but I want to just give you some tips and tricks that you should be aware of. Take advantage of your 401k. If your employer offers you a 401k and a match, do it today. You're going to get 100%. If they don't offer a 401k, you can still set up your own IRA. Understand Roth IRAs. If you make under a certain dollar amount, you can qualify for those. So we're going to do an episode with a retirement specialist and how you can put yourself in a better position to retire. But for now, one thing I'll leave with, and just I'll tease it, if you have a 401k and you have a match on the table, take full advantage of the match. I've talked about it on this podcast, but when I worked for the bank, I had a 6% match dollar for dollar. If I take advantage of that, which I did, I'm getting a 100% return on my match. So go to your HR groups, understand what benefits your companies offer, especially when it comes to retirement, and please take full advantage. And just know we have an episode that is going to come out very shortly on all things retirement. We'll end the intro with this, how to stop overthinking at work. Here are 10 healthy tips with a great article that I will make sure that I link in the show notes. But number one, focus on solutions over problems. Two, keep track of patterns and potential triggers. Three, simplify your life. Four, start a worry journal. Five, retrain your brain. Six, distract yourself. Seven, breathe and meditate. Eight, ask for help, seek professional help. Nine, stay present. 10, practice self-compassion. You know, the one there about distract yourself, I'll have to read it in depth, but I think it was referring to taking walks and calling someone you love or someone whose advice you cherish. Go for a run or start playing um, something that is going to give you exercise. So those are ways to distract yourself. And I've been thinking a lot this week. I've been really trying not to distract myself. But I do think productive means of distraction can help. 
And as long as you keep those time frames simplified, that's important. But kind of just living in it for me has been eye-opening and I think part of my healing journey. All right, let's ring in the bell to the one and only MTV legend, superstar, and man, what a crazy, crazy career track and the money behind it. This one you can't afford to miss. Let's ring in the bell with the one and only Corey Wharton, and don't forget to stay tuned to that recap. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today, we are joined by reality TV star known for his roles in MTV's The Real World, The Challenge, and Teen Mom, Corey Wharton. Corey Corey started his reality TV career back in 2015 when he was a cast member on The Real World Explosion. You can see this guy is jacked up. (laughs) The very next year, he made his way into The Challenge. That was his debut on Battle of the Bloodlines. Since then... He has been a regular across the channels of a plethora of reality TV shows, including Teen Mom, and has been able to capitalize on it by building brands for himself and the entirety of his family. We're going to get into that. Corey is joining us to discuss all the reality show secrets that you've always wanted to know, including what the behind the scenes is really like, how the money works, what it's like to live life behind a camera, the craziest stories, trying to have relationships when on TV, where he sees his future in reality TV, and more than that, because I think there's more than just reality TV and Corey's future. Corey, thank you so much for being here on Training Secrets. We were so excited to have you. Yeah, man. Thank you, guys. I always get excited when a mic is this close to my face. I'm ready. I'm ready. You're ready but, to uh, go. Yeah, man. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, and I'm excited. And the only person that we have had from MTV Challenge on is Johnny Bananas. And would you consider, like, Johnny Bananas, is he a rival? Would you consider him a rival? I mean, we have been rivals. Okay. This current time right now, we're not. Like, okay. that's the homie. We're cool. But, I mean, Johnny Bananas, he's on Mount Rushmore when it comes to the challenge. Yep. Like he's, if he's not the best one, he's number two, you know, so he's up there and he's good people, man. He's a good time. I love that. Let's talk about this. Yeah. You've never won the challenge. Mm -mm. If you were to win the challenge, your earnings, I've seen at least online so far in the challenge of not winning, but winning competitions around 113K. How life changing would it be to you and your family if you did win? I mean, if you end up winning first place, you usually walk away with 500K, right? So right there, you said overall my time of doing these shows was 113k that's after doing the show for nine seasons so if i could just win one of these you know i should be okay luckily for me i do multiple shows on mtv i do teen mom og and that's also being filmed right now and you know we get paid pretty well so which show do you make the most on just for being a part of the talent oh teen mom oh really i I don't really want to discuss too tight of numbers listen (laughs) for one episode of teen mom i make what i would almost make for just going to the challenge and that's just one episode yeah and usually there's like 13 episodes a season which for teen mom how long do you guys film for six months it's a nice filming schedule it's like hey we'll come every other weekend you really have to communicate with your producer let them know what's going on in your life like if something big's coming up they want to cover that right yeah so you just tell your producer hey we have this going on with our family and they're going to fly down that weekend they'll cover the story the before the during and then the fallout from the scene and yeah i mean it's great because for me it's like i come from reality tv where it's 24 7 cameras in your face where teen mom is like hey we're coming friday from one to three so you know you got to look your best from one to three you got to be on from one to three but then after that it's like chill i get my phone i'm with my family like 
you know. Now, Real World and yeah. The Challenge, both yeah. of those are 24-7 filming, right? Yeah, 24-7. Okay. And for The Real World, when you were on it, how long did you film for? What period of time? Three months. Three months. Three okay. months. And when you were on, when you're on a challenge, on average, how long yeah. do they record those? So, before COVID, it was about nine weeks. Now, with COVID, it's turned into about 12 weeks. Okay. Yeah. And it's 12 weeks. Do you have access to your phone or no? No, no access to your phone. No, so, sir. you have no access to your family for, no, for three sir. months. Well, you get one phone call a week. 10 minutes. Wow. Five minutes, one kid, five minutes, the next kid. That's yeah. worse than a jail cell. It's terrible, man. <laughs> it, it is terrible. But they know what they're doing. You know? Okay. Yeah. I see. Now, 113000 in career earnings on the challenge. Let me ask you this one. Because I know you can't give specifics. We don't want you to get in trouble. But have you made, I'm going to guess this, as a cast member in total on MTV, mm -hmm. you've definitely made more than what you've earned as a player. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. All right. There we go. Well, that's a little bit about the challenge. Oh, yeah. How about real world? When you just got into real world, did you have any leverage to negotiate or no? Dude, when I got into the real world, I didn't care if they weren't going to pay me at all. You know, at this point, it was just getting on TV was such a big deal for me being from Michigan. And it was just lights, camera, action. Like I was all about it. You know, they didn't really pay me anything. I think we got paid a thousand dollars a week. Okay. And, and you we were, were just like, real world. like, I don't give a shit. Just get me on that show. Yeah. At that okay. point, like I didn't really have any leverage. I was just like a kid from Michigan, just moved out to California and I just wanted to be on TV. And your story is pretty crazy though, because yep. so you're playing college football at a pretty competitive level and yeah. you had to drop out of college. Yeah. I dropped out of college because a girl told me she was pregnant. And she wasn't pregnant. And she wasn't pregnant. She drove all the way down from Michigan, which I was going to school in Columbus, Ohio. It's about a six-hour drive. And I'm like, okay, well, let me go talk to my coach. I walk into my coach's room. I let him know, hey, next year I'm going to have a baby. I want to be in my child's life, and I'm going to have to stop playing football. He's like, all right, sign this piece of paper. We'll drop your scholarship, and <gasps> I think you're doing what's right. I'm One of the first times I'm growing up, I know I'm going to have a kid, and I'm going to be there for my kid. <laughs> sure enough i move home man and i come to find out that yeah she's not having a baby so what was the thought process why did she do that to you the thought process was she was pregnant then found out that okay. the baby wasn't going to be okay. delivered wasn't okay. around anymore and she held on to that idea of being with me and the whole picking out names and doing all that stuff and then Yikes. Yeah. Uh, and how much was your scholarship per year? What was that? Called? I think it was like, it wasn't anything crazy because I was hurt my senior year. Okay. I think it might have been like 20 grand or something uh, like that. Okay. But it's covering a big portion of your education. Big portion of education. Did yeah. you walk out when you dropped out with any student debt? Uh, yeah. How much? Oh man, these numbers. That's a good question. Yeah. I do know that I still owe about like 4,000 bucks. Okay. I think I'm on something like a hundred dollars a month. Okay. Okay. So yeah. It's crazy that. that you're still with that debt and then yeah. you don't even have the degree because you had to leave, right? Yep. Had to leave. And, and then I went to community college okay. for two years, got my associates in education. Okay. I was teaching a kindergarten class. I wanted to become a coach or a strength and conditioning coach. So the golden question here yes. is how the hell do you go from being a football player that drops out to going to community school to becoming a kindergarten yes. kindergarten teacher yes. then to get picked up to go on the real world that doesn't yeah. seem like uh the prototypical reality tv star no man i got ambition what can i say one i've always been around kids growing up with brothers and sisters my mother's a preschool teacher so i was like okay 
it's in my blood. So yeah, that's why I kind of want to go into education. And also I wanted to coach. And then I was like, all right, well, I got to start making some money. Started serving tables at Applebee's for two years, working double shifts. And I was like, all right, let me save up a decent amount of money and I'm going to move to LA. So I saved up. Let me pause you right there. Yeah. yeah I, I can gotta keep going, ask baby. This. I can you can keep going. going, but I got to jump on this. All yeah. career directions, all different steps. Applebee's, Applebee's yeah. double shift. Tell me for when you start yes. a shift and end a shift, how long is that? Shout out to Applebee's yeah. in Wyoming, Michigan, man, 28th Street. But let's see, we were, maybe the shift starts at like, when does Applebee's open? Like a 9 a.m., maybe open at 10 a.m. You're not leaving until 12, 1 at night. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're working like 13, 15 hours a day at yeah. Applebee's. Oh, and yeah. what do you get paid hourly? Do you remember? Oh, man. You get what? 250? 250. And then so all your money is being made on tips. Then. All tips. So in a all day tips. of Applebee's work of 15 hours a day, what are you? how much are you making? Oh, man. I would be happy just to walk out with 100 bucks. Like to wow. me, $100 was like, I, I'm doing good. That's wild to think back on. Yeah, huh? man, it's wild now. It's like I I spent a hundred like this now, but back then it was like a hundred was exactly what I wanted. Worked twelve hour shifts and I made a hundred bucks. That's a successful day for me, you know. Lots of free strawberry lemonades being handed. <laughs> I mean, give me a buck or two. Yeah. So you're yeah. making a hundred bucks a day in a yep. double shift, and yep. then you said before I interrupted was you're no. trying to save enough enough to get out to LA. Yeah. And you how know? much were you trying to save? The number that I had was $10,000. Okay. I saved 10K up and I was like, okay, that gives me enough time because I wanted to move to LA, but I didn't want to have to jump into work like that. I wanted to enjoy Los Angeles and see my surroundings a little bit, right? So like I thought 10K, okay, that would buy me maybe two, three months where I could just enjoy myself, look for a job during that time and then start kind of when I wanted to start. And yeah. Okay, we're going to jump into LA and how it catapulted you in the reality yeah. TV space. Before we do, I got to got to jump on this. I think it's very relatable that you're, you know, you work at 15 hours, you're grinding your ass off yeah. to make 100 bucks a day, oh, yeah. but you still find a way, you know, with an expensive world to save up 10k. Mm -hmm. If you have to look back at that time period of your life, what is one big tip whether it's budgeting or saving or something you did that allowed you to make or save up to 10k and be disciplined with it i just always remember like hearing about money and we we're always tight on money this and that and so like for me i valued the dollar a lot more back then just because when i would get it i would just hold on to it and some people call me frugal some people call me cheap it is what it is but i know how to save my money and that's just what i did i had a goal in mind and you know i'm not gonna let anything take me away from that i was like i gotta hit 10k i gotta move to la because that's where dreams are made of and in michigan all you hear about sunshine la everything's happening here and I wanted to make stuff happen in my life. So, I yeah. think it's pretty cool. Stop worrying yeah. about what other people think out there. If you have to be frugal or oh, cheap, yeah. it could change your life and change your dreams. And it did for you. Yes, it did. Right? Yes, so you get did. out to LA. What was the first job you got in LA to make a couple bucks? The first job I had was a personal trainer, 24-hour fitness in Santa Monica. I was a personal trainer there. And come to find out that one of the casting directors from the real world used to go in there to work out. No way. So he secretly was spying on me during the casting process. He would watch me work because I've, you know, talked to him after the production and everything. Yeah. He's like, yeah, just so you know, I go to that gym and I used to watch you all the time and this and that. And I'm like, that's a little creepy, but yeah. either way, man. Knowing you what know? you know now yeah. and the conversations you had with him, was there anything specifically you know that you were doing that caught the eye of this casting director? No, no. 
not really. I think something that's worked for me and the reason that I've been able to maintain for 10 years on TV is just I've been true to myself. Hmm. I try to show everybody respect and yeah. We talked to Applebee's. Yeah. We got to talk relatable jobs. 24-hour yeah. fitness is a fitness trainer. What can yes. you make in a world like that? Oh, man. What can you make being a trainer? I think it's how hard do you want to work? Um, the greatest thing about... So, I worked at Equinox and 24-hour fitness. We'll do a little comparison real okay. quick. 24-hour fitness is great because when you first get hired, they throw clients to you. So, it's very easy once you've worked somebody out once or twice and then convert them to more sessions, got right? It. Which means more dollars. You're making more money. Equinox is a little different, you know, crowds a little different there, but they train you. You have to go to your meetings every day, but they're not throwing you clients in the beginning. So it's harder to get your footwork going in Equinox than it is 24 hour fitness. And which one overall do you make more at? I'm pretty sure you probably end up making more at Equinox once okay. you get the right clientele. But every trainer out there knows the only way you're making really good money is for you to train independently Got where okay. you're either paying a gym, a monthly head cost, or you're going outside. I mean, that's where I transitioned to even after the real world, I was still broke, still broke real world. I lost money because I was still had to pay rent for my Santa Monica apartment, yeah. spending money while living in San Francisco for three months. How much do you think when you look back at real world yeah. that you lost in that time period? How much money did you lose oh, man. going on real world? Maybe like total of like 10K. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot. Just because you're paying rent every month still for your house back to wherever you live. And, you know, LA's not cheap. And yeah, I would say probably like 10K. And so then I transitioned into training people outside, you know, Santa Monica Beach, Santa Monica Stairs. I'm not paying an overhead fee. Everyone loves being outside. Let me utilize what California already gives to you. That's the nature. That's the weather. And so that's when I started to make a little bit more. But okay. So you yeah. go on real world. Yes. You come out. You, you lose 10K going on real world. Yeah. At this point. Is there any way to monetize, to make any money off the time you just spent on a reality show? There is. That's kind of when the club appearances were still around. Okay. So I was still making club appearances, the cool little like college towns and yeah. like, but let's be honest, I ended up sleeping on my friend's couch. Like okay. I was, I was struggling. It wasn't fun there for a minute. I had a surgery done that I had to pay for and the challenge, basically the first year I was eligible for the challenge. I had to say no. So I had to wait a whole two years from Why? after the real world because my partner said no. So they called me and said, hey, you're not going to fit the theme this season. The theme was like exes and the person that I was on with the real world, her name's Jenny. Her boyfriend said no. <laughs> so oh she couldn't go. God. And so I couldn't go. And so that was the moment where I was like, am I ever going to get back on TV? Where am I going? I'm sleeping on my friend's couch, like really just struggling. I, I moved into this Santa Monica apartment. It had no kitchen. I would cook on my George Foreman. It was a studio. Had a bathroom, no kitchen though, and a bedroom. What did you pay rent for something like that? It was a thousand bucks. Thousand bucks for that. Okay. Yeah. So when you do these bar appearances after the real world, at that point, like what are they paying? The bar appearances, what would it be? Maybe like twenty five hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, right. you know. So then, finally, you get on MTV The Challenge. Would you say it was like the first season that really your life completely changed, or did it take a few seasons like build momentum for your life to change? For me, I was lucky because my first season I got second place, and I won seventy five thousand dollars just from getting second place. So that was a good start to me being like, okay, this is the next chapter of my life. I can now get my own apartment. 
I could have my footing down and then I continue to get called back. So you've done nine seasons now. Correct. And you've been on a little break here. Yeah. Were you ever on a break like this before? Or is this the first large break that you've been on from the challenge? So I've taken like two breaks. One, the challenge took a break from me because I slammed somebody down. <laughs> Legal team took a break from me. And then the next one, my kids were just being born and I took a break. You know, I took about two to three seasons off and uh, yeah. And when you like do something like that, when you like yeah. throw a little, throw down a little bit and you get a little legal trouble, do they, they, yeah. can they charge, it's not like athletes where they don't charge like a fee, do they? They, like a penalty they can take fee? money. They can, they take, can money. take money easily. I got from very your prize pool or from what? From your guarantee. Oh, from what you're guaranteed. Yeah. So in the challenge, I've talked about this before. There's three payments. You get paid a certain amount to go and then you get paid a per week fee. Okay. And then if you make it to a final, you get prize money. Yeah. So there's three different forms of payment that you could receive on the challenge, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, they could have easily taken my guarantee away and been like, hey, you know, you got kicked off for your own personal reasons. We have to take that money. But, you know, we work things out. Your value is moving by the second in all directions. You go yeah. from real world, you're on team mom, yeah. you have no followers, and you yeah. have some followers, you have 100,000, oh, yeah. 200,000. Now you're in the millions of followers. Yeah. How the hell do you know what you should be paid as your value and impressions and your industry like relevance goes up by the second? And do you talk to the other members about what they're paid? Yeah, I mean, you know, other members talk about it, but I do as much as I can to separate myself. So how am I going to separate myself? Well, you know, last year I did a movie called Black Spartans. I did a boxing match. I did a lot of other shows, X on the Beach, How Far is Tattoo Far? Like I started to slowly separate myself a little bit. And then on top of that, I've now been how many seasons of Teen Mom we've been doing ever since my daughter was one and now she's six, you know, so five years of Teen Mom. So yeah, I just try to build that resume as in the more shows I do, I gain more value by gotcha. doing more shows. So like, you'll negotiate based on what your baseline is from previous shows. Yeah, I mean, as far as the challenge goes, the challenge gets paid in tears and I don't go on the challenge to make a lot of money. Okay. If I want to make a lot of money, I'll do Teen Mom, right? Got it. The challenge is more so what I love to do is yeah. compete. The money's good. I need to make some while I'm out there. But in the grand scheme of things, you got to win that grand prize is what makes it all worth it. That 500K at the end of the railroad that's where you want to go okay so, so for challenge the yeah. motivation is money yes and the motivation is social media following right? competition competition social media yeah right yeah. so all those three things are why you still do that show yeah competition travel the world you get to go somewhere outside of the u.s which i love to do and you get to do stuff that you normally never would do i'm strapped in front of a tank grabbing flags i'm jumping out of a plane reading a puzzle like I'm diving underwater doing like crazy superhero stuff mm -hmm. and I feel so cool doing it and I hate the show while I'm there but when I look back on my experiences man it's priceless you know it really is that's yeah. cool our next partner is ag1 the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health now let me ask you this when you wake up in the morning what's one of the first things you do I know what my answer is. It is I run to make a cup of coffee, the strongest one I can make. Well, I've recently changed that habit. I changed that habit because I did some research, and the research I read said that you should wait 90 minutes until you have been up to have your first sip of coffee. So now I have one scoop of AG1 
every morning. Every scoop is packed with, get ready for this number, big number guy, 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food source ingredients of high quality that give major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin hair and nails. So if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Free one-year supply of vitamin D. That is solid. Just go to drinkag1.com slash trading secrets. That's it. Just go to drinkag1.com slash trading secrets. All right, I got a question for you on the show pay thing. So we had yeah. a we had a model and bachelor guy, Tyler Cameron, come on. Oh, okay, yeah. stud. and so stud beauty. Yeah. So yeah. like the for his type of modeling, yeah, you know, big jack dude, good looking guy. He's got the whole sex appeal. Like yep. his type of modeling, one of the best gigs you can get yep. is to be an underwear model with Calvin Klein. Like the people that look like him and do the same <laughs> shit as him, that's like the that's the top. Okay, yeah. so he got it. But what's interesting is. Of course, I asked him, like, I'm sure that was a huge payday. And he's mm-hmm. like, actually, it's not. It's actually, pay- it's the least paying job out there in the model industry in my space. That is because there's so much demand to be the Calvin Klein model. They yep. know the leverage they have. Yep. And But if he's like, if I do something lowbrow, like mm-hmm. a brand no one knows about or whatever, yep. those companies have to pay the most because there's less demand for those jobs, which I found interesting. Yeah. Is that is. the same with MTV Challenge and Teen Mom? Um, like, is does everyone want to be on MTV Challenge and Teen Mom? It's hard to get people, so they pay more. Do you think that's why? Yes, to everybody wanting to be on the challenge. I mean, when I first did my first season of the challenge, it was a thousand dollars a week for wow. the challenge. You know, so yeah, I would say yes to the challenge. They can go and get somebody. When you try to negotiate with them, they're real tight, right? Yeah. They have a tier system. Now, have they ventured outside of that a little bit? Sure, sure. Everyone right? does. <laughs> everyone does. Um, but as far as teen mom goes, I think they only have a select group of moms. So there's not really, they don't want to branch out that pool too big because you know how many people are invested in these moms. They've watched these moms since they were on 16 and pregnant. So it's very hard to translate those fans from 16 and pregnant and bring in a new mom and then try to make it work. I mean, we were an addition to the show when Farrah left and, um, and that's when they brought us on. They were like, Hey, Funny story. I'll make it quick, though. We, um, I get a phone call from Shy. I just got kicked off the challenge. I'm coming home from South Africa. She's like, hey, uh, MTV wants to meet with us because they want to try to put us on Teen Mom. And I told Cheyenne, I was like, congratulations. Like, that's big for you. Like, good job. She's like, no, you're going to be included, too. I was like, all right, cool. Let's meet with the producers at a restaurant by LAX. We sat down with Morgan Freeman and Dia, and we basically pitched to them on why we think we would be a good fit. They love the story about me and Ryder and Cheyenne and our dynamics of co-parenting. And and yeah, like a week or two later, they're like, here's the contract, you know, sign us up. And best decision of my life, man. It has, Interesting. Yeah. Why? It's just set me up for the future. It really has. Like for I said. For future shows or for the financial aspect? No, financial aspect. Interesting. Teen Mom is a great paying show it's no secret there all those moms do really well they're all millionaires when you look at your brand and the Mm -hmm. things you want to do like you've done the boxing match you did a little movie Movie, vibe and you're trying to get into that from what we talked about earlier does doing a show like team mom or mtv challenge does that hurt your opportunity to move in a direction in that space that you might not moving forward select to do these shows 
for me it's already like i'm already so deep into the reality world it doesn't really matter like i've been doing this for 10 years i think if somebody wants to cast me for a movie then they're gonna cast me for a movie right and like you said right now main source income teen mom challenge those are shows that are continuous and so i just hope that i continue to do them and get asked to do them and yeah definitely want to hop into that movie space though the whole acting I want to get into that. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit about the acting space. I got to talk about and tell this story. So I have ownership in the agency with Evan. I'll never forget one of our first calls with Corey. He said to me in that conversation was, man, it must be nice being from the ABC world. Like we always talk like how ABC world, the bachelor people, you guys get these premium deals at these crazy rates. We have more followers than you guys. We have all this stuff, but we don't get those deals. And when you said that to me, I'll never forget it. I don't know what it was, but I was like, huh? Why do you think that is? MTV, baby. We're the dirty frat boys. You- MTV is a little bit more raw, a little bit more uncut. And when you watch Bachelor, like everyone's in suits. Everyone looks so nice. They're so presentable. And then MTV is a little bit more laid back. Like, let's be honest. The challenge is the challenge because people used to go on there, be drunk. Uh-huh. You're having like a crazy good time. And ABC is like mainstream, man. You guys are doing it. You know, you're on every TV in America, whereas us is like, we're the second cable package, right? You got to pay a little bit more to get MTV. But yeah. And is that something, like other people that you talk about in Mm -hmm. the MTV world, do you Mm -hmm. think that's something they recognize and talk about too, or is this just Corey's take? No, I think everyone knows that. I think everyone knows that. We kind of look up, like, I want to say look up to The Bachelor or anything like that, but you guys are like more the like clean cut like you know yeah and we're like the where's a beer i want to chug this and shotgun this one over <laughs> i mean here. i'm you like that too I mean? by the way <laughs> no i love all the bachelor dudes i met they're all like okay and we all party together and yeah. have a good time but like i said the abc aspect to have that yeah. stamp behind your name yeah it's definitely cleaner than mtv see it's funny you say that with such confidence i think there's gonna be a lot of people really fascinated to hear that perspective which yeah. is just it's always an interesting one yeah. that brings me to the monetization of social media how have you been able to capitalize on social media and has that financially changed your life man social media has definitely changed my life i never was big into instagram before reality tv I tried to stay private as much as I could, but then after being on TV, I was like, okay, let's make the most out of this. I would say maybe about three years ago, shout out to Courtney, Little Big, uh, Little Red Management. Yeah, she Shout out it. to Evan. Yep. He's a beast as well. Yep. And shout out to Debonair Management as well. You know, these are all teams that I work with. They're all great people. And social media is insane, man. I'll be honest. It's crazy to wake up to an email and then just say, hey, you know, we got one reel and we got some story posts. Here's 10K. Here's 20K. You know, it's just it's almost surreal when you hear those type of numbers that people are making on social media. I think all the people that you just named, all the people in the space, they do a great job. Yeah. You name some of these numbers. You name some of these price tags. Yes. Has, is it fair to say social media on itself has made you a millionaire? Yeah, it's fair to say that. That's pretty cool. Would you say that's been the most lucrative part of anything you've done so far? It's up there. I would say Teen Mom comes first. Okay. Social media. And then the challenge. That I find fascinating. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move off of these shows in just a minute, but I, I want to end with this. What's the biggest misconception of the viewer in real world? Teen mm. Mom, 
and the challenge. Each one of them, I'd love to give us a I've little look behind I've never been asked these type of scenes. questions before. <laughs> well, you're let killing think, it. Yeah, let me think about this. <laughs> yeah, take your time. Um, let's see. I would say some of the misconceptions of being on reality TV in a whole is just everybody's rich, right? You see somebody on TV and you associate them with having a lot of money where nowadays there's so many reality TV shows. They're not paying what they used to pay. It's just, it's not the same. So I would say that whenever someone sees somebody on TV, they're like, no, that person's rich. You know what I mean? So I definitely don't believe in that. I think there are some that do better than others. And that's because they're usually working harder. That's, that's how I look at it. That's you know? literally, yeah. obviously yeah. there's people that have like different brands or like bigger social media followings. But yeah. I know some people with yeah. much smaller TV time and much smaller social media followers that are absolutely crushing it because they work. Yep. They're not taking advantage of this time to go party their ass off nope. every single night and get attention. They're working. Mm-hmm. You have They're to. thinking through it. They're taking an entrepreneurial perspective. And I, I love that you brought that up. I'm a hard believer in hard work, man. I have a sports background like we talked about. In my whole life, you know, hard work takes zero talent. You know what I mean? You don't have to be talented to work hard. I'm a firm believer in working hard to get what you want because nothing's handed to you, you know? I love that. Yeah. Well, you talk about working out. You talk about working hard. This is a cool transition, guys. Yeah. Uh, you always hear about it. You see the Logan Pauls. You see the Jake Pauls. You see these big celebrity boxing matches. Mm -hmm. Corey Wharton was one of those. Yes. You had a fight against Chase from Too Hot to Handle. Yeah. And so tell me about how that business and professional opportunity came out. So you miss every shot you don't take. Long story short, I DM'd Logan Paul and Austin McBroom. On Instagram, I want to say like two years ago, and I said, put me on the undercard, right? Didn't hear anything from either of them. Two years later, I get a, a text from Austin McBroom, and he's like, hey, you still want to get on the undercard? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, if there's an opportunity. And so he was like, yeah, there is. He was like, 75K, you'll, you'll fight for that. And uh, you have about six weeks to get ready. Like, damn, I have to learn how to box in six weeks. Like, this is going to be crazy, but sign me up. <laughs> I'm wild. Sign me up. Sure enough, they come back with Chase. They're like, yeah, you know, he's, he's 6'5", 250 pounds. You want to fight him? <laughs> You're like, shit. And I'm crazy. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Sign me up. What's your weight in height? 6'200", 210? Yeah, I'm probably 6'215", 215. right 215. now. 215. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but that's a big height. That's a, a big, big reach difference big for boxing. Big reach difference. Man, okay. yeah, for sure. The words you used were, mm -hmm. do you want to fight for 75K? Do you get 75K regardless if you win or not? Or yeah. did you have to win? No. Okay. There was no funny business as far as who wins. Like, that was something that so never came staged, across my table. There's nothing like that. I wasn't the main event, though. Who knows what goes on with the main sure, event of sure. these shows, yeah. right? I was one of the first fights. There's no funny business. It was just like, hey, you know, you're going to get. 25% before the fight okay. to do all the press and to get your uniform and to pay your coaches, you know, and then you'll get the rest of your money when you're done fighting. Okay. And before I left the arena, I made sure because everyone, everyone the talks first about social gloves, some fighters didn't get paid, a lot of funny business, but Austin promised me, he was like, you're going to get paid. I was like, okay, different team running this one. So uh, yeah, got paid and I was like, on All the right. spot of the night on you the fought, spot, you got paid. Check out of my hand, out of the arena. Okay. Got my money. And are you incentivized if you sell more tickets? I wish. Okay. So I no wish. matter what happened, 75K is what yeah, you Yeah, my deal wasn't the best. But like I said, I just wanted to get my foot in the door. And I think a big takeaway for people at home, they're like, how can I bring this boxing story to my life? What it, 
Like, what are yeah. you DMing Logan Paul? Good luck, buddy. But you did. Yeah. And you got on their radar. Yeah. And you know they had your name in a file somewhere. Yep. And two years later, they called you. Crazy. You don't DM them. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Now, who knows what came or will come just from your appearance there and someone who saw you and it brings you a different stage. Like, that yeah. is the stuff you got to do. Yeah. That's, that's like my train of thought with everything. That's why I show everybody, like, respect when I work with them. I can't move on without asking you. You got to give the people who didn't see the fight or didn't even know you were yeah. in the fight. Oh, yeah. You got to give us a breakdown. How'd the fight go? Did you walk away with a couple black guys? Did yeah, you feel man. like you won? What talked to us? The craziest thing about the fight is the next day I had to fly down and film for a movie. Jeez. So I was like, listen, I can't get a whole bunch of black eyes. Like, I got to protect myself, protect the money maker. You know what I mean? The fight went okay. It didn't go as well as I wanted. I think anytime when you box, you want it to end in a knockout. That's why you're going in there. Sure. You want to knock out your opponent. You want to have that highlight clip of you like being a badass. But everyone knows your first boxing match is always ugly. All my coaches were like, you can ask any boxer. Their first match is going to be ugly. Yeah. And that's exactly what mine was. <laughs> it was ugly. But I definitely beat him. I say I won about three rounds. He got me for about two rounds. But I don't want to fight somebody with that size difference. He weighed in at 240. That's I weighed insane. in at 200. He's six six. I'm six foot. I noticed it in the ring. I'll say that. When he he hit me in the first round in the back of my head, the room did one of these. Yeah. I said no. Yeah. I can't go out like this. You, start, like this. you shook it off. Yeah, I shook it off, but my legs are like wobbly. But I yeah. didn't want to show that. Sure. And with that size difference, it might take you two or three hits on him yeah. to do with what one hit could do. Right? Yeah. That is pretty crazy. Did you yeah. go to the movie filming with a black guy? No, but okay. they did have to put a little bit. I had a little something going on there. Yeah. Okay. Next day, went down to Atlanta, shaved off all my hair, shaved off my face. First time I've seen my naked, ugly face in about <laughs> 10 years. And we knocked out the movie, man. It was it was an awesome, surreal feeling being in a movie with legit actors. And I mean, Neil McDonough's the head coach in the film. We got Jay Afonso, tons of good actors. Yeah. yeah it is a very, very, very rare day that you see a, a reality TV star who gets into a movie like that. Did you have to take acting classes? No acting classes. How'd you pick it up? I just did it i wow. just did it i didn't i felt at home the minute mm. like if there was a scene and that camera's on me you just you gather everything that you have it just comes. everything slows down you just know like this is my time you know get the audience's attention hold on to it because they're they're locked into you right now you know every little muscle in your face you try to control and like you know it was very cool for me to experience and do and I learned so much from all the actors. So shout out to all the black Spartans that were there and helped answer all my questions. And it was a cool film to be a part of. How does the, t how does the acting world in a, in a job like that compare to pay in like other areas? I loved it because, I mean, it's not reality TV. You know what time you have to go into the makeup trailer, get all your makeup done. You got your own trailer. I just wanted to see how do these actors remember all those lines. And, and I just learned it. It's very scene by scene, right? Like you don't need to remember the whole script in a go around. You literally wake up, you see what scenes you're shooting that day. And a lot of the actors in the makeup room, they're going over their scenes right there, right then, right? I'm curious about this too. Yeah. These scenes, when you're seeing them be shot, yeah. how long are these scenes on average that someone has to remember lines for? I mean, you usually shoot one scene about, I would say like six to 10 times. 
different okay. angles, different coverage. So they would be like, all right, right now it's Corey's coverage. Okay. Everybody in the room is still acting as if the cameras were on them. And okay. I think that's almost like paying respect to me. Oh, cool. If they were like, hey, right now it's Corey's coverage. So the camera's right here. Yeah. But everyone around me is still acting as if the cameras it's were on, on them. them. And then you're doing your So part. then it makes it more natural for me to just deliver my lines and to, yeah. And then they'll have you character. redo your lines six to ten times. So they have all different angles and stuff. Different angles. Different shots. Or different my tones. coverage after my coverage, we'll go to Jason's coverage. Okay. Talk about, do the same lines over, but now the camera's locked in on you. Really, really, really cool. Yeah, it was do cool. Do you see this being a larger part of your future? I do. Just because acting is, there's no time stamp on it. Like, it's something that even when reality TV's done, I could still act, right? I could be a dad for a long time. I feel like I can play that role or I could do whatever. But it's definitely something I want to dive into, put myself out there a little bit more and pursue it. And to pursue it, you yeah. have to do what? Just get audition after audition after audition? Yeah, just to keep going to auditions and... This one, I was so lucky with this film because it just popped up in my email. You know, I got blessed. Yeah. It, was, it was literally a blessing. And so uh, I just need to put myself out there more and go to auditions and things like that and uh, try to make it happen. So all you producers, casting directors, you guys watching this, uh, hit me up because I'm available. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Hit him up. And if he says no, hit me up. Yeah, I'll take a there shot. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. One thing I think we covered pretty much everything. All things from Applebee's to the show to post show, social media and onward and what's next. The oh, one yeah. thing I do want to ask about yeah. is, and really I don't want to get into the personal stuff of it but the financial stuff of this yeah is your your poor daughter had to undergo so much health care oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and she battled in these stories on instagram i'm watching every second yeah. and then seeing her heartbreaking heart literally yeah, it was like, terrible actually heartbreaking yeah and figuratively heartbreaking yeah and i'm seeing the story and i'm seeing her have success with it and i'm like cheering i'm getting goosebumps as i'm watching this stuff but i was thinking about someone in our world mm-hmm with like the whole health insurance of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's up in the air. If you're part of the actor's union, you get health insurance. If you're not, you got to pay for it out of pocket. Yeah. First and foremost, thank God it all worked out. And God yeah. bless you guys for battling through that and her mm -hmm. for fighting. To bring it to the show, how does something like that impact just the finances of your family and stuff? Do you, do you get health insurance? If someone doesn't have health insurance, do you have advice for them? Stuff like that. I mean, the craziest thing is when you're going through it, you don't care you don't about any about of that. Penny, I'm yeah. not worried about any of that. My daughter's in the ICU right now yeah. at Children's Hospital. I just want to get home, right? Yeah. We do have health insurance, so that's yeah. nice. All my kids are covered as well. Everyone's covered. The Let's say the challenge, for example, they cover your injuries if they're... If you have an injury on the show. Got it. Right? But okay. if after three months of being on the show, you don't report any injuries then they're not going to cover it. Okay, got But it. even if you come home after a month of filming and you're like, oh, my back's a little sore, they're under contract to cover that. Got it. That's the challenge, right? Okay. And I don't really know as far as like teen mom in those shows go. I don't think they help out with insurance. Sure. But just to all my parents out there, if you're listening and your kid's been through like health problems or anything like that, just know that, you know, you're going to go through the storm, but eventually you'll come out on the other side, you know? Yeah. And something that made me and my girlfriend realize with being at Children's Hospital is every day I'm walking into Children's Hospital and I'm 
going just to grab food at the cafe and you see kids in wheelchairs, you see kids that have problems that aren't just going to go away with a surgery or two, right? These are lifelong problems. And I was just like, man, I'm so thankful that my kid, you know, as bad as it sounds, but my kid doesn't have to go through that struggle, right? We have our own struggle, but I know after we correct it, hopefully she can live somewhat of a normal life. And so, uh, we just try to stay in that mindset of we're going to get out of here. Let's keep fighting. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's interesting that Mm -hmm. like some of our darkest times actually lead to the best perspective in life. Oh yeah. Grateful like no other. Right. Yeah. Cause you have nowhere else to turn. It's like your backs against the wall. You're like, I don't know what else to do. And so you just try to stay positive and keep fighting, you know, cause that little girl was sitting there on that operating table. She was fighting, you know, my daughter, Amaya, she had her open heart surgery. And I was like, listen, I'm not going through anything. I don't care if I have to sleep on the floor. She's sitting there in that bed, just trying to get her oxygen levels. Right. Like you just try to put everything into perspective, you know, and that's what we try to do. And thankful that we have health insurance because there's some families that don't, yeah it's expensive i'll say that it's expensive money wise yeah and i would say just like for anybody out there if you're in gaps or you know even there's a day you're not covered like just always if you can do what it takes to find some sort of coverage because you never know when that rainy storm can come and that is one of the biggest leaders for people claiming bankruptcy is lack of health care coverage hospital bills hospital bills so that's why i believe it man and i think to bring the story full circle is i've done some work with saint jude and when nice. you go into St. Jude, yeah. and I'll never, I'll never, as long as I live, will forget the moment this oh, kills me. This mother pulls up, and you can tell she's hardworking, and she brings her daughter out, and her daughter is bald, and she's mm-hmm. she's going in for a treatment, and her daughter is smiling ear to ear, and, and, mm-hmm. and she's smiling ear to ear, and gives her a kiss and hug, and, and you could just see, like, pure happiness through a chapter of pure chaotic distress and at that moment i'm just like the things i complain about in life the things i worry about this is the (laughs) what are you doing yeah this seven-year-old has a smile ear to ear going in to get chemotherapy treatment yeah when you're in that dark (sighs) place you celebrate those small w's those small w's become large w's because you're just like i said your back's against that wall so any sort of breathing room you're going to celebrate it you're going to smile about it and we're going to be happy because we're not about to sit up at this hospital for months and be miserable we don't want that exactly so i can see why that story touched you man and like you said like we complain about the smallest things Uh, and it's just like bro what are we doing here what are we doing literally we're healthy and yeah that's why when anybody asks like how's life how are your girls the first thing i say is my girls are healthy everyone in my family's healthy that's all that i ask now and that has given me that perspective because of what we've been through so i'm just so happy all my girls are healthy and you know i got two of them with me today i want to see if they would jump on here quick oh let's get them let's get them in in yeah let's go i would love that let's go bring them on in this is your big moment Lots of people watch this. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. This is the first time we have ever had a kid on the show. You are the first kid, and you are a star in your own right. So thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Let me ask you this. What is it like? Because you've had the opportunity to be in TV and be in film, and now you got cameras around. What's it like to be in front of cameras? Does it make you nervous, or do you like it? What do you think about it? I like it. 
And what do you like most about it? What is like, what is your favorite? I like it. You like it too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what's your favorite part about it? Yeah, what's your favorite part about it? Is it? All the things around. Okay. Okay, all right. I have a question for you. A lot of people at all ages, even big adults, they get in front of cameras and they get in front of a microphone, they get really scared and they get really nervous. What type of... <gasps> yeah, so what advice would you... If they're, if they're scared or nervous... What advice would you... What would you tell them if they feel like that? How would you help them out? You'd hold their hand and go with them? That is... Oh, and what is it like to see dad on camera? You get to see him on TV. What's that like? When he dances with me. When he dances with you, that's just funny because you're a better dancer, right? Uh-huh. Uh, you remember the first day of filming, uh, Teen Mom, or no? You were too young. You don't, you don't remember? Memories of like lights being uh, around, all these camera guys. No, no. It just was like, no. they're just here. Wow. Well, how about this, right? What do you, Ryder, when you grow up, because we talk about different jobs in this podcast, so like when you grow up, what do you, what's your dream? What do you want to do? I want to become a cheerleader. <gasps> that is so cool. That is awesome. And Mila, what do you want to do, do, do when you grow up? No. Do you have a, a dream what you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> did, did you say, Mila, you want to be a princess? Wow. Ryder, let me ask you this. There's a lot of people out there that um, are, are trying to just find places to be happier. They want to smile more. What do, you, what do you think, what advice, what would you tell people that want to smile more? What should they do? Uh, some candy. <laughs> I mean, that's a great, that might be the best, the best trading secret in the world. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. You are a star, and I can't wait to see you become a big cheerleader. You ready? I'm a cheerleader. Oh, you're going to kill it. All right, and let's do with the kids here. Cor, let's do it. Your trading secret. One, it could be life advice, parenting advice, professional advice. What is the one trading secret? They couldn't get it from a professor or classroom or textbook. They could only get it from Corey Wharton. What would you tell them? These questions are like questions I've never heard before. <laughs> My one trading secret that I have to give this free knowledge for you guys is, uh, I'm going to say this, you miss every shot you don't take. You have to put yourself out there if you want to get the results that you want. You know, you're not going to achieve that dream by sitting on your couch. If that's applying to whatever work job that you want online, you got to do that, right? You got to put in the work. And I think you will get the results that you want. I'm a true believer in that, you guys. So you miss every shot you don't take. So uh, keep shooting, and eventually you're going to start making those threes, and you'll find happiness, you and, know? And not only is he a believer in that, you know it's what he's done every day since Applebee's to where he is today. You guys heard his story. Corey, this was such a rewarding personal, financial, professional side to hear from you. Yeah, Thank man, you for thank sharing you. and dropping your knowledge. Where can everyone find you and everything that you have going on? Yeah, you guys can find us. We're on YouTube, the Wharton family on YouTube, but Instagram's Corey Wharton underscore IG. Um, you can find us on Teen Mom OG. Um, you can find us on the challenge hopefully soon. You never know. And, um, yeah, man, we're around the Wharton family. You got Ryder Wharton here. You got Mila here. This is Mila's first season filming Teen Mom. Let's so go. I'm excited for the world to see, you know, that daughter. You know, you guys already know Rye, but to, for you guys to meet everyone else and Maya and 
my three little queens, man. This is what life's all about for me. I'm building a legacy that's that's bigger than myself, and uh, this is who I do it for. So. Yeah, I love it. Court, thank you for coming on. Everyone, go support the Wharton family. Go support Corey. Give them a follow. Reach out to them. Be excited to see Mila and Ryder yeah. on the next season of Teen Mom. And listen, if anyone out there has some ideas or places that Ryder could go check out to become a cheerleader, she will take all the tips and tricks. Just DM Corey. Maybe there's an opportunity for her out there. Corey, thank you so much for being on this episode of Trading Secrets. Yes, man. Thank you guys for having me tell him thank you thank you Ryder Amila we couldn't have done it without (laughs) thank you thank you guys we couldn't have done it without you Ding, ding, ding. We are ringing in the closing bell to the Corey Wharton episode, MTV Superstar. And I mean, David, I think one of the best parts about this episode is we got Mila and Ryder coming on. They were so adorable. He's such a great guy. To think that he just took such a shot in the dark moving to LA without anything lined up into where he is today is pretty cool. Curious Canadian. I'm going to have to hit the viewers at home with a ding, 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 because the energy that you brought on the <laughs> ding, 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 my friend, it just didn't match the levels that we're used to. So, you know, before we get into Corey Warden, I just got to say, it's been a while since we hopped on the old uh, recap ones and twos. You know, we did both of the recaps for Blake and G before I left for Italy. And so it's been two weeks since we've hopped on. Lots of updates in our personal life. Uh, obviously, I traveled to Italy with Carter and he was a champ on the plane, but people don't want to hear about that. I think what's most important right now is friend to friend. I just want to check in on you, seeing how you're doing and kind of put that out there. If, you, if you're if you okay, giving a little update on how JT's handling the last, the last week of his life. Sure. Yeah. I didn't even, it's funny. I didn't, when you said that, I forgot we hadn't done a recap in like probably two and a half, I don't know, maybe even yeah. three weeks, but with Blake and Giannina, we were able to do two recaps knowing what the episode was. No, appreciate you checking in. What's crazy, David, honestly, think about this. In the last week, we haven't talked no. on the phone. This is like the first time we're actually catching yeah. up. Part of the reason we haven't talked on the phone is, and for anyone who has texted or called, uh, apologies for not getting back. I've Everyone finds ways, I guess, to cope, grieve, just grow through these like really tough times. And being as far away from that block, <laughs> that phone, has been, I think, one of the best things for me. It's just been a, a foggy, really foggy week. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, too, just the first time you've gone through something, I mean, not the first time you've gone through a breakup, so you know what going through a breakup feels like, but um, definitely not on this scope or this scale. And I know that with your closest circle, we've respected, you know, the fact that you want to be really just kind of with yourself and away from the distractions and stuff. And, you know, I think it's been really good for you being able to catch up with you before we hit record today, you know, and just hearing how you're processing and how you're dealing with it. Like, you know, it's only for you to go through in your journey. So, you know, you know, we're always here for you and stuff and, you know, just, just want to see you, you know, come out of this, the strong, genuine, amazing person and friend that you are. And I think everybody feels the same way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I'll, this too, like I, I, I'm 
I'm in it, right? I think I'm in it. It's a bit foggy. It's a lot of emotional swings. You know, if you look at, if anybody's out there familiar with the feelings wheel, you kind of get into therapy 101. You really get to understand what feelings are, what they mean. There's just a lot of feelings hitting me. And what's nice is I have my therapist on 24-7 dial. Shout out to Jiffy. You know, one thing I just, before we get into this further, as you said, like the size and scale, especially with me staying off my phone, that's something I... You know, I know that's a real thing, but it's just not, I'm just, it's, I don't know. I'm just, that the size and scale, it's tough for me to connect with that because what I'm, what I'm dealing with in the last week and what I'll continue to deal with and grow is, you know, the loss of a partner for so long, such a huge part of my adult life, best friend, you know, the dogs, everything. I don't want to get too down the rabbit hole. And just going through the stages of grief and unlike most circumstances and i'll end with this and i think we can move on is just not sweeping it under the rug not trying to bury it but just stare it dead in the face like this weekend i'm supposed to be at a boys trip in saratoga with geneseo guys we planned a reunion like for six months now and i'm not going because i don't want to i want to continue to just go through my journey and work towards what's next and the idea of a distraction and hanging and partying and drinking with the guys doesn't feel like that's in my cards so anyway i'll, I'll let's let's move on yeah. from this but i appreciate yeah i had to check in hopefully work in the podcast and all those other things have been a little bit of a distraction for you but hey i'm here in in, in my voice of the viewer curious canadian seat i'm back with the host jt i rang in my first bell a ding 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 you know, with that being said, yeah, let's move on. I'm trying to reduce the distractions, though. <laughs> Unlike most times, I'm really, I'm really trying to reduce them. But let's do this for this recap, David. I'm gonna hang. You wow. lead the charge. Yes, you take yes. Over. I'm gonna hang. Who would know? Two and a half years, and I'd finally get the, the tap on the shoulder instead of a Jason Tell all all episodes. <laughs> so, no, just to recap that, Jay, thanks for sharing. You know, we're always here for you, and let's keep moving forward here with trading secrets. So, with Corey Wharton, I think a really interesting person who's kind of a, a reality TV vet, uh, I think you could say. Um, were you surprised at all? Um, you know, we've had a lot of people on a lot of different reality TV in terms of, you know, the money behind it. Were you surprised at all in, in nine seasons of The Challenge, 113K? You know, did that strike a chord with you? And do you think his reasonings for continuing going on the show are, are really make sense from a financial input versus output perspective? You know, MTV The Challenge is one of the biggest shows for MTV. So I am sure that his thought of one, loving to compete, two, being able to like travel the world and do the craziest things, and then three, just for his continued growth, that all totally checks. You know, I think even you had brought this up. If he made 75K his first season, his total earnings are 113K. Well, that means eight seasons that he only made about, you know, 25, 13 is 38K. So obviously that's not huge, but I think he's probably making a decent buck. He, he said his first season a long time ago, thousand bucks mm -hmm. a week. You know, I'm sure now he's making a good buck off it, but yeah, it all checks. I think if you ask me the most surprising thing as it relates to anything on the TV side and money, the fact that like the teen moms, like he said, are all multi-millionaires just getting paid. He said he makes enough in one episode of Teen Mom to justify what he would average in a season of the challenge. So he's making 20, 25K an episode. He says they're running for 12 episodes. I mean, he's making 
from the Applebee's days, which we'll get into life-changing money. And it's just so interesting to see the difference in production. Six months, you're on for Team Mom OG, but it's, you know, Friday from one to three, you got to be on. It's got to be a nice gig. That's what's, I think the, the, the crazy thing I'm starting to learn, learn about TV land is the massive discrepancy in what people are paid for certain mm-hmm. shows. And to think MTV, the challenge doesn't pay as much, but then Teen Mom, I think it's based on the math and what he suggested, it's it's definitely more than the 25K per episode. And then like we had Blake and Giannina on and they talked about All-Star Shore. They both massive. got paid, we know, close to that six-figure range plus bonus. So it is pretty interesting. It, it is. And, and I'm going to go for a step further here um, and talk about something that he said comparing, you know, the ABC Bachelor type of, you know, marketable product compared to the MTV quote, Dirty Frat Boys that he said. And it's funny to hear because ABC doesn't pay any of their contestants to be on the show but he's saying after the show they're so much more marketable mtv clearly shown jersey shore you know teen mom the ability to get so much money up front per episodes but harder to market on the back end as someone who's involved in the talent agency does this does this strike a chord with you is this a pattern that that you see in the business that you do for your clients yeah, the background of where your show is and then whatever the credibility is associated with that network and the success has a huge, huge impact. Now what I'm noticing, David, is these Netflix shows mm-hmm. like the Love is Blind individuals and oh my goodness gracious, the Selling Sunset individuals are getting massive massive offerings. So I think what he said is right, but I also think it's transitioning a little bit based on the show relevance and network credibility. And I think in the space, a network streaming service like Netflix has just like the utmost credibility right now with a lot of their talent. But that also varies show to show. Some other reality shows on Netflix their rates and stuff aren't aren't as big, so it's a, it's it's a, it's a wild world, man. It's it's interesting, and it goes back to when we had Joe Galliaze, the CEO of one of the largest agencies in the world out there, when he talked about the different rating scales, implying that if an influencer is an R-rated content generator, their rate will be the lowest, and the highest will be a G-rated influencer, quote-unquote. What he suggested is like the baby influencers on YouTube, why they do so well when they're just opening boxes. They're G-rated. There's no risk. So it's all fascinating. Well, he's done an amazing job, almost probably like an envious situation of a lot of people who are in the reality TV game. He has a series with a network that he gets paid a ton of money on. He has another series in that network where he gets to compete. He gets to travel the country. He gets to all those things. He's clearly smart enough. He's grown his social to 1.4 million. He's got his kids on there, his three kids, his beautiful kids you mentioned, who are up to a half a million followers combined amongst the three of them. This guy's smart. He's got tenure in the game. One thing I got to bring up, Jay, is, and I didn't know if the strike accord with you, just seeing his work ethic, his hustle, and, and, and like he said, money was always tight. This guy used to work 14, 15-hour shifts at Applebee's, and all he's looking for is a crisp $100 on the way out. When you hear that from where you sit in terms of financial opportunity, if there's someone listening out here who has two jobs or is willing to work 15 hours and has that work ethic, is there something that you can guide them towards so that $100 is just, you know the minimum or there's if you're going to invest that much time in man hours is there something people can take home that say all right 
this is what I want to do. Jason's right. I've been way more efficient. The economies of scale for the time put in. Is there something that people can pick up that that'll benefit them more than the 15 hours at Applebee's? He works so hard. I love his motivation. When you think about the whole overarching theme of get over yourself and just mm -hmm. do it, that encompasses Corey Wharton's life story. Applebee's, get over it. Do it, crush it, make the money, save the money. I'm going to go to LA without a blueprint, without any connections. I'm going to get over myself, put my ego away, and just do it. Save the 10K. People are going to call me cheap and frugal. I don't care. I'm going to save it. I'm going to go do it. Every single action has been so thoughtful and so intentional with Corey that it's no surprise that he landed to where he is. And that's not by accident. That's not by luck. That has been by determination and grit. Back to your question though, David, if people are looking, I think, for some good side hustle, there are so many ways that you can find different areas to make a couple bucks in at least a hundred a day, if not more. One, obviously, you know, as I start to continue what's next for me, there's a huge market I haven't looked at. You guys, you could go rent your apartment. Mm -hmm. You can rent your house. Suppose you want to make a couple bucks, go stay at mom and dad's for a week and rent your apartment for a week. Rent your apartment for a weekend or your house. That's a real thing. The other thing that's gotten huge is renting your car. There are different companies out there now where you can just put your car on almost like a like a, it's like an Uber type service, except you're not driving. You just rent your car for the weekend if you know you're not going to be in town. Think about things that you're really good at. People are paying for so often right now, like hairstyling or doing your makeup. Think about things you do on a day-to-day -day basis. A lot of people, the service industry is growing where people are outsourcing service work and there's being a lot of bucks behind them. You don't have to be a professional. Another one, David, is I've heard that your margins on Ubers has decreased dramatically. But one area that is increasing is Amazon package delivery. That is growing significantly, but the, the people that are driving those trucks are getting paid mm -hmm. more than ever. And I'll never forget, this is an old school one, and it's certainly not for everyone, but the kids around my block, I know a few of them that started just doing mm -hmm. landscaping services and or gardening, and those services are now massive businesses for them where they have employees of 50 people. You need a little side hustle and you want to get your hands dirty, think about helping someone build a garden, gardening or any landscaping services. There's some big bucks behind that. So those are just a few Love ideas. It. Definitely, definitely ways to make more than a hundred bucks for 15 hours of work. Uh, but hey, that is uh, the power of what he learned there. Helped him to get and appreciate where he's at now. So with that, this is the closing bell, ding, 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 that we're going to end this episode with. <laughs> Jay, I know my favorite part of the episode is when you give away something from the influencer closet. But before you do that, okay, I have something for the people. What I have for you is a special deal that I'm taking advantage of right now. So I know you're familiar with this. I don't even know if you're aware of this. You're probably going to take advantage of it too. I went to Italy. I ate too much pasta. I ate too much pizza. When I go in warm <laughs> climates, there's only one shirt that I wear, and it's the Cuts clothing brand that you put me on. Unfortunately, Jay, you know how form-fitting those shirts are. I can't rock a large anymore. I'm bumping up to the dad bod, to the XL, and right now, Cuts is celebrating their seven-year anniversary on Monday, August 14th. They're offering 30% off site-wide for one week only. This campaign aims to highlight their commitment to quality, style, and comfort, and they never, ever do promotions or sales. So 30% off site-wide starting August 14th for a week. I know when you started getting cuts, I was trying to get codes off you to try and get me discounts. They never do them. 
30% off store-wide starting Monday. I got to bump up to the XL thanks to Carter. Curious Canadian is giving away promo codes for cuts, and I'm giving away something from the influencer closet. I will say about cuts, I got you on them, and I would say if you ever see me literally any time wearing a t-shirt, it is a 99.9% chance it's a cuts. They're the best. You can wear them under a suit coat or just casually. They're just great shirts. So good promo code, and here's what we do on Trading Secrets. Money Mafia is the listening community. When you give us a five-star review and write a review, you're entered to win something from the influencer closet. The influencer closet is when agencies, PR firms, and brands send stuff, and I will put it in there, and sometimes they collect us. But over the years, there's a whole lot of stuff in there. There's some things valued at like two bucks, some things valued at 2000 and every week we give one thing away. This week, the winner is Erin Panic. She said, this is the reason I look forward to Mondays. Trading Secrets is the first podcast I ever listened to, and wow, did it set the bar high. I've never looked forward to Mondays until I started listening to this podcast. More often than not, I have to listen to each episode multiple times as there are endless takeaways that everyone could use. I didn't know much about Giannina, but wow, is she a hustler. I loved the Trading Secrets she dropped on this episode, and I loved Eric's Trading Secret. Today's price is not yesterday's price. That one sentence is crucial to keep in mind in all aspects of life, both personal and professional, all on board for a retirement savings specific episode. Let's go. All right, we're going to have to do it. Aaron, thank you for the review. Send us your address to tradingsecrets at jasontarek.com. I will get that out. And to my Money Mafia listeners who have sent in their address, I have them all. You have one, and that stuff is coming. As you can imagine, it's been you know <laughs> been a little bit of a journey this last several weeks. But this week, I will be getting all of those out. So if you've won in the last few weeks, no, I haven't forgotten about you. David, other than ending with this, I think maybe my favorite trading secret of all time came from Ryder saying, if we all want to be happier, just have candy. Do you got anything else before we no, close? I think that's it. Uh, candy always puts a smile on my face. So that's why I buy in the Cuts XL shirts for that. I am going to go treat myself to some candy now. Thank you guys for all tuning in to another episode of Trading Secrets. Please remember to go subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on our Trading Secrets podcast page on Instagram. Go follow the Curious Canadian, David Ardowin on Instagram. And thank you so much for being here for another episode you couldn't afford to miss. 